Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome to another edition of Mind on My Money. Pinnacle. I'm Neil McCready. Martin Paloma with me here today as well. I guess this is our first episode of 2020, 2022, I should say, not 2020. That's a long time from now. I don't think either one of us will make it to 2020. I don't think so, unless they like biofreeze or cryogenically freeze our bodies. Yeah, you never know. I mean, I mean we might be close to that. Never know these days. So anyway, 2022, we are here, thank goodness, and uh, glad you are with us as well. Hope you had a happy new year, and um, welcome into uh, the first episode of this show. I'll tell you real quick, I'm coming to you from Clark Ford Studios. It's uh, Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 uh, is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. You know the rest. Um, you only have about 30 minutes because Oxford was, um, they did the right thing. It's not criticism. I'm very, very proud of the Oxford School District right now. I, you would, you'd have to push me to criticize them. But uh, the weather forecast called for potentially bad weather this morning, and so they pushed the start time back two delayed hours. Start. Yeah, and so I had to get Carson to school when that delayed good, us. Uh, what's going on at Pinnacle? First things first, man. What's going on at Pinnacle? Um, man, we are we are rocking and rolling. I've, it's funny. I mean, my day is slam busy today. Most of it, most of it, having to do with. Uh, nothing related to serving clients. It's um, meeting with CPAs, doing, you know, getting our new signage, uh, all kinds of, you know, admin stuff. It feels like, but um, I'm on the. I'm actually I'm busy tomorrow. I'm on the road. I've got to go up to uh, kind of your neck of the woods, man. I'm going to be in the in the Tupelo area, and I may actually swing over to Corey's spot uh, on my way back over in Amory. Um. <clears throat> You should. Little little side note, man. Uh, I have a. I have. Uh, I guess when they announced the F one hundred and fifty Lightning, um, I I pre I pre or I I made a reservation. I'm sorry, I have not pre ordered because orders have not started yet for our area. And um, you know, it's, you pay a hundred bucks, and and if you don't, you know, if you don't do your pre order, they give you your your hundred dollars back. And um, anyway, you know, Ford's been in the news a lot. Um, in the last couple of days, because they've said they're going to, you know, double their, their, um, you know, manufacturing of the F-150 Lightnings, but, and it's kind of, you know, it's, it's novel. Uh, I really like what the F-150 Lightning is all about. The, the front seems really awesome. Um, I know, you know, you have an F-150 also, I have an F-150 and, um, you know, when I'm traveling with the family, it's really comfortable traveling. Um, and I have a co- I have a bed cover, you know, in the back. So we're able to put a lot of stuff back there. But, um, you know, like I don't stick my 
folded like my nice shirts and all that stuff, you know, in the trunk because it still can get dust and dirt and all that stuff in there. Anyway, I'm I'm going on a little on a little tangent, but so the idea of the frunk, I was like, man, that's really cool. It's more storage space, or you could put a cooler up there, or or whatever. So I kind of got all excited, and I put in my reservation, and uh, the guy, and they're they're only doing it through like certain dealerships you know, in your area. So you can't go to just any dealership and do it. Anyway, long story short, it looks like Mississippi is, is going to be a while before, um, before they're even available for us. I think they're going to service California and New York first. Uh, anyway, long story short, this does have a financial related decision to it, which is why I'm kind of telling the story. So my truck, which is going to make me sound really probably really snotty um and i don't mean for it to i love i have a lariat you know f-150 lariat i have the v6 so i have like the baby truck you know i don't have it's not four-wheel drive it doesn't have the you know the big monster oh v8 you know that all of the most mississippi dudes have um but i, I got the lariat package because it's really comfortable and I, I travel a lot um for work and i mean i, I put about thirty thousand miles uh, a year on the truck and so I've just rolled over the hundred thousand mile mark and uh, I've had the truck for like three and a half years and you know, I was kind of anticipating on the lightning, but um, then I started thinking, I was like, man, interest rates are about to rise. You know, my truck is not going to gain more value uh, (laughs) from here till, you know, a year or two years when I could take delivery of, uh, of an F-150 lightning. And so I was kind of like, man, maybe I just need to bite the bullet and just get a normal truck for my next truck. And, um, you know, you can still get like through Ford credit, you can get zero zero percent, you know, financing. Um, and that's not going to, it's not going to be like that long because interest rates are rising. The Fed, you know, made that announcement yesterday, confirming that they're going to start raising rates, you know, this year. And, and then the tech market, NASDAQ and S&P kind of went haywire. We can talk about all that stuff. So anyway, I, I just gave you a long diatribe of my brain thought of why I'm going to go see Corey. Probably, uh, probably gonna try to go see him tomorrow afternoon when I get finished in Tupelo. So I know that wasn't on the docket, man, but, um, but it is, you know, for people that are thinking about either refinancing your house or if you're in the market for a new vehicle, uh, our window is closing for the super low interest rates. So I'd say, you know, probably pull the trigger if, uh, if, if you're in that and I'm, and we're doing a refinance on our house right now too. So <laughs> I'm a man, I'm all over the place this morning. So what's going on? You said there's kind of an active time with things going on with the fed and that kind of thing. Fill me in. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, you know, um, usually kind of January, January is a really important month for markets historically, you know, they've said kind of the old wives tale is, you know, uh, as January goes, so goes the year. And so if you have, generally speaking, if you have a really bad January, it ends up meaning that, you know, year's going to be tough to recover. Um, if you have really good Januaries, generally the years have been good. And, and so the fed, uh, you know, the fed had made the announcement last month that they were going to begin tapering, which we already knew that it's not new news, you know, and, um, and that they thought they were going to, you know, start raising rates sooner than they had previously expected. 
And so the the Fed the Fed news that came out yesterday was really just um, confirming what they had said previously. But they did say, you know, that the economy is strong enough and in good enough shape that um, that they are going to go ahead and start, you know, raising rates, which is going to be tough for for um, for you know core bonds in the portfolio. And uh, man, it's also kind of tough for firms that are that are really like the tech firms that don't have a lot of earnings, which it's kind of crazy to think about, you know, there's a company that has values that, that doesn't have earnings. Um, but it's mostly the reason those firms don't have profits at the end of the year is because they're reinvesting every bit of cash flow that they get into developing new stuff or their technology or, or something new. And so, um, they use a lot of leverage. So they'll use debt to, uh, you know, to help the company continue to, be able to meet its bills, pay its staff or, or invest into the company. Well, as debt gets more expensive because the fed raises rates, then those firms, you know, it's, uh, they're going to have less cash flow at the end of the year because they're having to pay higher interest rates to service their debt. So what ends up happening is the price of, of those, you know, those growth stocks or those tech stocks generally tend to fall when the cost of debt is going to rise. So on the other hand, you know, you kind of you kind of saw like a two-faced market, not yesterday, but the day before, where the Dow was up, you know, I don't know, one, one and a half percent. The S&P and the NASDAQ were down, but it's because generally the Dow is pretty heavy with, um, it's only 30 stocks in the Dow, and it's pretty heavy with uh, those stocks that are kind of blue chip, you know, older companies that are established and they have cash, they have strong cash flows, they pay dividends. So, you know, a company that doesn't need to depend on debt, it doesn't matter what, you know, the interest rates are, are doing. And uh, so folks will flock from those growers that need debt to, to grow to those, you know, more stable companies that have cash flow coming in, and they know they're going to get a dividend. So you kind of saw the Dow go up, and then the S&P and the NASDAQ go down. But you know, there's a term that was called taper tantrum a couple years ago where markets kind of went haywire because the Fed started raising rates. But I don't think we're going to have that experience this time. Um, I think there'll be a little bit of like uh, a little tremors, for lack of a better word, for a couple of days. And then, um, you know, and then markets will pick back. I think we're going to have a good year in the markets, you know, this year. We just kind of started off with a stumble and man, that's kind of really, um, we we haven't had a lot of client calls or anything like that, but, uh, you know, that's kind of what's going on. And then the other thing I look at is the fear indicator, the VIX VIX. Uh, it's still been below 20 during all of this, which means like if the VIX gets above 20, there's a lot of volatility. Um, if it's below 20, you know, there's, that's not a lot of volatility, which is kind of, it's been below 20, meaning there's not a lot of fear in the markets, but the market's kind of tanked as people doing some, uh, you know, the S&P and NASDAQ tanked as the Fed started, you know, talking about rate hikes um, and the Dow did not. So, man, it's a, uh, you know, if people are using rules of thumbs to invest, it's kind of a confusing, it's a confusing period right now. If you're like, you know, oh, rates are going up, stocks must be going down. No, not necessarily, um, you know, and then the VIX is the fear indicators is below the level of fear. So, um, 
It's a bipolar marketplace right now, man. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't be making decisions based on emotions today. Let's see. I'm looking for some headlines. Yeah, it's it's because it's weird. Like I'm watching the media start taking some big steps back from COVID fear, which makes yeah. me believe that. Oh, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. I am really jinxing it. Knocked on the wood. Um, it makes me it. think that by summertime, we're going to be over this. This is we're moving on. Not not everyone will because some people have been. There's two, there's two types of people that, have, that are hanging on to COVID pretty hard, okay? It's the people who are legitimately scared. They have been mentally scarred. They have been emotionally scarred, and they are scared, and we have done damage to those people, and it's going to take them a long time for them to recover, and many of them will never recover. We have, we have ruined mental health permanently for some people. There's no question about that. And then there are people who uh, love the um, – I, I, the, the addiction of um, virtue, and they're not going to let it go willingly. It it appears, however, that there's a lot of other people that are. The, the, the mayor of New York, for example, has been very vocal. The mayor of Chicago, for God's sake, came out against the teachers like, get your ass back to work. Um, that was fascinating. Um, you know, the, 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 there's there's... New York's Omicron surge points to a wave of mild cases. Um, you know, uh, it, it's, uh, you know, it, there's just a lot, a lot going on. It makes me think that we're going to get back to some sense of normalcy there. It's, it's, it's also a midterm year now that we're into 2022. Uh, in November, there's going to be a lot of p- politicians up for election. I think you're going to see a lot of politicians step down um, instead of lose. But there's going to be a lot of new faces. So the the whole the fear market is interesting to me, yep. because I don't I I don't know about you, but I kind of anticipate a little bit of a rebound in terms of that. I think I think there's going to be more people who begin to get out and get aggressive with trying to get back to to normalcy, and that includes financially. But maybe I'm completely off. No, I mean I think I think we're I think the I think we're ready for it, man, and. And the markets came kind of and have been for the even the last two waves, you know. And I know the the Delta wave was, uh, I guess I hate to say more severe. It wasn't it wasn't as mild as this Omicron wave seems to be. But the markets shrugged both off. Um, I think the financial markets are ready for some normalcy. They're ready for interest rate normalcy as well. Because I mean, really, the markets have kind of been shrugging off a lot of what the Fed has been saying about, you know, rates coming up. And, you know, and there used to be some things that were, um, you know, that were like, pardon the pun here, but solid gold, you know, strategies when when markets were in disarray or there was inflation. And that was gold and silver. And, uh, you know, and both of the, neither of those have, have done their job in an inflationary period. And, you know, and in a lot of folks, including myself, have said, well, gosh, I wonder if that's because, you know, like the the entrance of of crypto and quote unquote digital gold and Bitcoin um, has been the solution. But man, uh, the crypto's kind of been getting wrecked in uh, in kind of the it, it it looks like it's tracking more the tech stocks than than um, you know than anything else. And and we already already know that crypto is is super volatile. But it's like a lot of the things that used to work 
for a little tricks of the trade for investing in different types of environments are not working. And uh, it's kind of, it's interesting to see how this is all going to play out. I mean, the dollar, even in all of this stuff has, has, has remained, you know, uh, relatively strong, which is, you know, which is good for, for, for the U S consumer. Um, it's really an interesting, uh, it's, it's an interesting scenario right now. The, you know, your textbook, here's what to do when plays, uh, have not worked in, in two years. So, uh, you know, it take, it's really taking some creativity to, to navigate, you know, these markets. I mean, and dude, and oil is, you know, continuing, continuing to, to keep its level. So, uh, and that's, I mean, that's, and that's good, man. Oil needs to be at a 75 to $80 range, um, you know, for pump for it to be not kill us at the pump, but good enough for the energy sector to, to make some money. Cause you know, for the Southeast, man, that's a huge part of our economy is, you know, is the energy sector. So that is, it's important for us. And, and, um, I don't know, man, it kind of feels like the market's bipolar right now. Uh, I just wouldn't be making any crazy decisions. So here's a couple other headlines. With my retirement. Couple account. other, yeah, along those lines. Consumer demand for goods drove rise in imports during the holidays. The U.S. trade deficit widened to 80.2 billion in November, close to a record high due to strong demand and an easing of supply chain issues. Uh, jobless claims hold near historic lows. Yep. Um, I'm digging into that one just a little bit to see what that kind of first couple of graphs of that. Yeah, I mean it, cro- it. It cropped up a little bit recently, but like to, I think it was like two hundred seven thousand was the most recent jobless claim. But that's still low, man. But and that points to a healthy economy. Now. Yeah, the I mean, lowest since nineteen sixty nine. Yeah, it it points to a healthy economy, and so it makes sense for the Fed to start raising rates again. It it's it easy money. Easy money has been some of the issues with inflation too. I mean, because if, if you think about it. I mean, everyone's accounts have, if you were invested in the last two years, even if your percentage of stocks was, you know, not as high as your neighbors, you still made money. Uh, And there was money grew. And that's some of the inflation, you know, issue too, is that there's ample supply of money out there. And when, 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 you know, when there's a, when demand uh, outweighs supply, the price of, goods and services are going to go up. You know, I've got a daughter that that's about to get into the job market here in a couple of years, another that's just a couple of years behind her. Who knows what it'll be like by then, but this is three paragraphs from the Wall Street Journal that's fascinating. I mean, this is like real life right here. You know, this is hit me, hit me with it, man. It's my good friend got Gabriel T. Rubin. I know, uh, yeah, that, I know Gabriel. I know that Mr. and Mrs. Rubin listen to the show routinely. Uh Gabriel made it. They live in New York, man. Yeah. They're my buddies. Uh, the labor market's recovery from the worst of the pandemic could be threatened by the rapid rise in infection, blah, blah, blah. But with job openings at record highs and an unprecedented number of Americans quitting their jobs in recent months, including 4.5 million in November, employers may bear the brunt of the impact from another season of public health disruptions. Employee confidence is extremely high. There are so many choices, said Paul McDonald, senior executive director at staffing firm Robert Half International Incorporated. The demand for skilled talent is unprecedented right now. There have been more than 10 million job openings every month since June 2021, according to data from the Labor Department and jobs site Indeed. 
The balance between job seekers and open jobs has gotten so extreme that in November there were nearly two available unemployed workers. There were roughly two available unemployed workers for every three openings ahead of Friday's job report, which economists expect to show employers added around 422,000 jobs last month, up from 210,000 in November. Any softness in the hiring number can be attributed to the, quote, lack of available workers rather than any weakness in demand for staff, end quote, said James Knightley, chief international economist for ING Bank. Basically, if you want to work, you can work. Yeah, there's a job out there. And if you're skilled, you can be picky. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I and man, I think this is for for folks who, um, you know, are in the logistics industry. You know, whether you're, you know, working on trucks or working on trains, um, or gosh, man, even for probably working for, you know, the big air carriers like you know FedEx or UPS. I mean, I just I imagine if you have any skill or licensure or anything that you know that that industry is in need of i mean i'm not saying that you can go in and name your price but man you could probably go in and name your price and uh you know and there's going to be an opportunity you know as long as i'll caveat that caveat that with as long as um you know the government stays out of the you know uh, requirements of you know vaccination and stuff like that i mean Government intervention is the one thing that will that will kill. Well, and that uh, story's coming, right? This is this is from uh, our buddy. We were just having drinks with him just the other night. Uh, this is from Brent Kendall. I don't know if you remember. Jess Braven yeah. stopped in. Yeah, he was drinking Pinot. Yeah. Uh, the Supreme Court will hold a special session Friday to consider whether the Biden administration can enforce vaccine and testing rules for large private employers and a vaccine mandate for most health care workers. The issue comes to the court on an emergency basis during a record increase in U.S. COVID-19 infections. In a departure from its usual procedures, the court is hearing arguments on cases that haven't been fully aired in lower courts. Technically, the justices, all of whom, according to a court's spokeswoman, are fully vaccinated and have received booster shots, don't have to issue a definitive decision on whether the administration's vaccine rules are lawful. Instead, They're considering whether President Biden's team can implement them now while more detailed litigation continues. The cases, however, will require the justices to assess whether the White House has credible claims that it stayed within legal boundaries as it has sought to use longstanding laws to implement aggressive rules in the name of public health. The answer is likely to decide the fate of the administration's current approach to a virus Blah, blah, blah. Moreover, the court's decision could reset the public health playbook for years to come. The Supreme Court's conservative majority is skeptical of broad claims of federal power and has been arguing, has been considering arguments for reining it in, said Michael Greenberger, a law professor and director at the Center for Health and Homeland Security at the University of Maryland. But with the vaccine cases, the justices, quote, are walking into the jaws of the pandemic, he said. And there may be enough justices who would worry that pulling back the mandates in the middle of the pandemic is a dangerous thing to do. This, this, in my opinion, will determine much of what does or does not happen from a supply chain standpoint over the next sure. several months. 
Yeah, and and government can intervene and kill it, or government could step back and and let it and let it you know breathe and grow. And and here's my question too. And this is not me being a you know a, a smart ass or anything. Let's just have a let's have a everyday you know U.S. American citizen Martin and Neil okay. conversation yep. about about the mandates for let's just use truck drivers. So okay. let's say I'm a truck. Let's say I drive a truck, an eighteen wheeler. Okay. I go from Jackson to um, California to pick up a load, right? So I'm driving all by myself in the cab of my truck to California from Jackson. Mm -hmm. I realize there might be, you know, I've got to make stops to fuel and, you know, and get something to eat. So I realize there are, there might be some opportunities where I might come into contact with someone who's sick. But let's just for all intents and purposes say that, you know, um, that I don't do that. You know, I don't come into contact with someone. So I'm in my truck all by myself. I drive, you know, the two day trip or whatever it takes to get to California from Jackson. I pull up to, you know, uh, I don't know, the docks in Los Angeles to pick up a, a load, a train, a crane picks these, you know, um, these boxes up off of the boat, places them into the, I'm going to call it a yard because I have no idea what I'm talking about. And then someone loads that onto a trailer and then I back up to that trailer and hook up to it and have not had any contact with anyone. I don't load the trailer or the box or whatever it's called. And then I drive back to Jackson, Mississippi from California. How, how, how have I put America at risk doing that? I just, I mean, most likely I'm in my, the 90% of my journey from Jackson to California back to Jackson is spent by myself in my truck cab. So or sleeping. this is I where mean, it's, this is where it's hard for me to do this because I have a really strong opinion about this. Um, but I'll, I'll play along. I mean, first, my opinion is that I'm against the mandates. I, I think the mandates are unconstitutional. Um, I think they're dangerous. I don't like what we're doing to our country. I've listened to enough um, enough people who, uh, who are educated, who have concerns about the vaccine, and I am vaccinated. I am not boosted, but I am vaccinated. Yep, My wife is vaccinated. She is not boosted. My two daughters are vaccinated. They will not get boosted. boosted. And right now, I am defiantly against anyone who wants to vaccinate my 15-year-old son based on the data that I have read and heard. So that's where I'm coming from. So full disclosure. The argument, I suppose, would be that truck driver is going to get out of his truck and go into a Love's. He's going to go into a um, whatever those places are. He's going to have to fill up for gas. He's going to go in. He's going to get food in places. He's uh, There are rules about how long they can be on the road, and sometimes they'll stop and go to a hotel room. Sure. Um, you know, they'll spend the night in a hotel because there are federal laws regarding how long they can be on the road before they have to take a, a, a rest. Or if they have one of those really awesome trucks, they might even have a full size apartment in the yeah on the back of the cab. Yeah, sure, but but the, I'm, I'm, but I'm making the argument here. Yep, yep. So you know, the, the 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 people who believe firmly that by God this would be over if everyone would get vaccinated and everyone would get boosted, they would argue that. Though that unvaccinated truck driver 
canvassing the country, in this case from Jackson to Los Angeles and then back and then to Detroit and back and then from Jackson to Charlotte and back, which is, you know, kind of the thing that happens with truck drivers, um, that that person is is potentially spreading a deadly virus all over the country in haphazard fashion by stopping in, you know, a, a, a restaurant somewhere in Tennessee and, and, and picking up the virus and then taking it to a hotel room in, in North Carolina. That, that's what they would say. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a practicalist. I'm a pragmatist, pragmatic person at this point. I said this today about Oxford. They went back to school. They actually lowered the, the uh, quarantine from 10 to 5, and they, they did not institute a, a mask mandate. And a lot of people here in town are furious about it. And a lot of those same people went to New Orleans last weekend and attended a game that had a roof. And, and uh, 70,000 people. I and, was there. And went to bars. Twice. Went to bars and went to restaurants. Because then I went to the Saints game on Sunday. Sure. Went to bars, went to restaurants, stayed in hotels uh, full of people. And those people weren't wearing masks the whole time. And all of those people down there were not vaccinated. A lot of people had fraudulent vaccine cards. In fact, it's... <laughs> It's kind of become the new thing. Um, so I, I, I mean, I, dude, and I, a little side note: I, the checking of the card, they didn't even look at my card. I mean, they just wanted me to flash that I had a card in my possession. They didn't even look. They didn't ask me for my license. Nothing. It was kind of almost laughable. I mean, and not that I'm asking for them to enforce that, but I'm just like, man, why do we even? It's just a placation, right? Yeah, but to answer your question, we're up against the clock because you've got to go in, in seven minutes or less. Um, yep, yep. To 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 answer your question, I I I'm of the opinion, and 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 I, I'm watching the New York Times. We always do the Wall Street Journal, but I, I I pay attention to the New York Times every day. I don't subscribe, but I get a thing that I that I that that's that's um they they produce, and they're backing off a lot. You know, it's 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 interesting. Um, I'm I'm I have a, a very strong opinion that the pandemic would end if we'd stop testing. That the pandemic would end if we'd stop testing. I really believe, I, and I, I really believe that. So I don't know what the Supreme Court's going to do. Um, Roberts seems to be a uh, a justice who does not like to um, make change. He sort of likes to keep the status quo, whatever the status quo may be. But in this case, he's got to do one or the other, and he usually is the swing vote on these. Um, if you institute mandates, a lot of people are going to walk off the jobs in in that sector that we just got through talking about. And if that happens, the ramifications are real. For the Biden people, that, that administration, however, if they don't get that win, it is a massive loss for them politically. And at a time when, mm, I don't know if they can afford massive losses politically. On the flip side, in some ways, I wonder if they would like for the Supreme Court to rule against them so that they could say, hey, we tried. But, you know, all these Republicans put these guys up on the court and this is why we have to stack the court, or this is why this next election is so critical. We cannot allow a Republican to come in and even make the court more conservative. 
because I do wonder if they get their way and they get all these mandates in place and truck drivers and others in industries like that walk off the job and suddenly the supply chain issue becomes critical, meaning you're waiting outside to, to get groceries. Um, in, a, in an election year, that's the end. You lose. Yeah. You lose in that scenario. So it's a really complicated thing, and it's it's maybe the best segue to as we head into our our exit and into a future uh, podcast. It's it's a complicated topic for for that for the ruling party right now as they go into a year where in American history, the ruling party uh, in a first term loses ground in the midterms almost always. It happened to uh, Clinton. It happened to Bush. It happened to Obama. It happened to Trump. And it will almost certainly happen to Biden, but they would love to minimize the bleeding. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of excited this year to, I mean, and I really enjoyed talking about politics, you know, and the impacts of, of uh, politics and people's investments and portfolios, you know, and, but politics, American politics just fascinates me. And, uh, and I, and I, and I don't know nearly as much as you do. I'm not as, as, uh, is up to speed with, with it as, as you are. And, and, and I, I'm glad that I get to play the kind of the village idiot role. Um, for, but it, but it, it is fascinating how it works. And, uh, I'm, I am excited for this year for, to talk about it and, you know, and, and talk about the impacts. Yeah, I am too. It's going to be a, uh, it's, it, this is going to be one way or the other, a really fascinating year. There's no question yeah. about that. And, the uh, the presence of early November midterm elections that where the Senate and the House are absolutely uh, up for grabs and where a lot of governorships across the country are up for grabs uh, as we head into a you know what comes on the other side of midterms is the next presidential election so this is a this is a yeah. big year like most years and this is this is one that there will be a lot of things for us to talk about and we'll do it here at uh, Mind of My Money brought to you by Pinnacle Martin sorry for the late start. It's uh, no, it was the weather's good, man. First things first, man. You gotta take care of family and and uh, I mean, we still got a solid thirty minutes in, so it's good stuff. Yeah. All right, we'll get to your meeting. I appreciate your time. I'll get, yeah, man. I'll get this posted, and we will be back with you guys uh, next Thursday. At least that's the plan for another edition of Mind on My Money. Thanks again for making us a part of your week. Happy New Year, and we will talk to you soon.